Welcome to the Salon Owner's Holistic Blueprint, your podcast for unlocking the secrets to a thriving salon business through holistic practices. I'm Jacqueline Rodriguez, your host, and join me each week as we explore wellness, sustainability, and business success. Everything from attracting conscious clients to adopting eco-friendly practices. We're going to cover it all to elevate your salon business. All right. So today we have Helen. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation because I mean, we'll get into it, but I have dealt with a lot of like the Hashimoto's and thyroid issues within my family. My now 17 year old son was diagnosed a few years ago. And then also just in the industry, the beauty industry for so long, I've seen so many of my fellow hairstylists have these thyroid conditions. And, you know, in my research and all of the things that I've been looking at and what I teach to really is kind of connecting the toxins that we're around day in and day out and like a lot of toxins. So I cannot wait to hear your expertise and like really dive into like what is there, what we can do and how we can start like taking some steps towards um, just protecting ourselves. So tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so I'm 46 now. I am a Hashimoto's recovery specialist. I practice as a nutritional therapist and a health coach. I've been doing that for the last several years. I also have Hashimoto's myself and I struggled massively with it. Um, it's what pushed me into studying nutrition myself and to and helped me recover my health. Um, on a personal side, I live in the French Alps uh, with my husband and my two dogs. So we've been here for kind of close to 15 years now. Um, I love skiing. I love getting out snowboarding. Uh, hiking in the mountains and all of that was completely impossible when I was really ill with the Hashimoto's and prior to the diagnosis. Um, I've had to make, make a lot of changes to to get to the point that I'm at and the chemical side of things when it comes to products was a major, major part of that. Huge part of it. So that, okay, first off, that is a beautiful location and uh, I love like I, I mean, I don't ski or snowboard, like that would be probably disastrous, <laughs> but the hiking part of it, I love. <laughs> so yeah. all of that is really cool. And when we're, when you were diagnosed, like tell us a little bit about your journey of like, how long did you have the symptoms before you got diagnosed? Um, I would say my symptoms started when I was at university. So my second year at university, I'd be about 21. I got glandular fever. Um, I also had my hepatitis B vaccine at the same time. I had um, a long-term relationship that had ended. I had exam stress. Um, I'd lost family members and a, a, a really close friend. So I had a lot going on. My lifestyle had never stopped. I was on the go constantly playing sports at university, working, uh, partying with friends. It, it was just endless and that's when the symptoms started to catch up with me. The gut symptoms were the initial issues I had. The fatigue was intermittent. Uh, and it slowly got worse over the years. In 2004, I probably about 26, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, and I thought, great, 
cut out the gluten, it's all going to go away, there'll be no problems. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work like that. It did help initially, but then it got worse and worse again. At the time I was diagnosed with a celiac disease, they also tested my thyroid and it came back abnormal, but they only tested the TSH. And I didn't know at that point that I should have requested antibodies to be tested. It wasn't checked again for another eight years. And I suffered massively in that that time that I basically, I was going backwards and forwards to the doctors, complaining of constant symptoms, hair loss, um, weight gain, depression, mood issues, uh, brain fog. My memory was horrendous. I'd lose track of whole conversations. I'd deny conversations that had taken place. I, I, I couldn't recognize people's faces, people I'd known for, for a long time. I couldn't remember the names. I couldn't remember where I knew them from. I would get lost in places that I'd known for years. I couldn't get my bearings at all. I really, really knocked my confidence. I was finally diagnosed with the Hashimoto's. Two years after that, I was diagnosed with a B12 deficiency, which is autoimmune. Um, and and this, this whole period was horrendous. I managed to work. It was probably the only thing I was able to do. I really struggled to do that. I had no social life. I wasn't able to ski or snowboard or do any of the things that I loved. It was just existing, going to work and dragging myself through the day. Um, yeah, it was pretty unpleasant. It all spanned wow. probably about 12 to 14 years in total of kind from the first diagnosis of the celiac until I started to turn things around a little bit. Okay. Wow. That is a <laughs> lot to unpack. Yeah. First off, because I mean, that's, you have multiple um, autoimmune diseases, which we, we have heard that they are connected. And once you have one, you open yourself up to having multiple, right? Yeah, completely. And tell us a little bit, like, do you know, cause I, I mean, I know what I've been told, but as an autoimmune, what does that actually mean? So it means that your immune system is basically mistakenly attacking, in in my case, the thyroid. Uh, it's creating antibodies against its own tissue, basically. Um, and the damage that that causes, the inflammation that that causes, is what reduces the production of your thyroid hormone levels, which means your cells aren't getting the thyroid hormones they need. It means they can't function as they should be able to. It, it slows your metabolism down. It slows, obviously, that energy production process down it slows your detox pathways down which are really important for the chemical side of things with the products and the hair care mm. the skin care um it has it has a massive impact wow yeah and when the I, I mean from what i've been told because i also have an autoimmune i have had vitiligo ever since i was four or five years old um, now, I've never had any other diagnosis for any other autoimmune, um, and I had done over the last more recent years, probably the last three or four years, I've actually been doing a lot of like holistic practices, right? Reducing toxins over the last 12 years, but energy work on my vitiligo as well, which has been a huge game changer with energy and frequency work alongside reducing all of my toxins and living more of a holistic lifestyle has made a big difference in my life. Um, so when we have all of those things, like what I had been told, because they don't always have an answer for why these things happen or what, what happens in your body, other than that's what I've been told too, is like, your body is just attacking itself. 
So your or like your body is attacking your thyroid, mine's attacking my melanin. Yeah. And it's wild to me. So take me through um, some steps like that you learned that really is like connected because we're here, we're talking to hairstylists and salon owners, people in the beauty industry, and we are around so many toxins all day. And I think it's, I mean, like 20 different products, a normal consumer, right? Yeah. Uses on a daily basis. And it might, it, you know, that's kind of like the middle of the road. Some people use less, others use way, way more. But when we're talking about hairstylists in the beauty industry, we are in those toxins 20% or more than a normal consumer, you know, just person living day to day. We do all of that too, right? Because we're getting ourselves ready, but then we're around all of this stuff day in and day out, touching it, breathing it, all of that. So tell us a little bit about like, you know, what is in it that's, you know, harming us and what can we do? There's various different things that are in it. One of the big things, especially when it comes to Hashimoto's, is endocrine disruptors, and they tend to be in a lot of of the products that we use. One of the first things I'll ask when I'm working with a client is what their profession is. And if they say a hairdresser, it's usually a big flag for me that they're going to need mitochondrial support, they're going to need liver support for that detoxification pathways, and we're going to need to look at getting some of those toxins out of out of there wherever we can. Um. Those endocrine disruptors, obviously, your thyroid is part of your endocrine system. If one side of it is out of balance, it knocks onto the rest of it. So your adrenals are a part of your endocrine system, your 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 sex organs, so your, your ovaries, your testes. Um, so it can impact fertility. It can impact your weight. It can impact your mood. Um, obviously, like I said, it can impact that thyroid hormone production. So it can have those those chemicals can have a major, major impact on what's going on and how you're feeling. Some of those symptoms you're going to be noticing are things like fatigue. Um, you're going to be noticing gut issues, skin reactions, uh, maybe hair loss. Quite, quite often, actually, hairdressers are some of the first people to tell patients that they, they may have a thyroid condition because of the change in their hair structure, the loss of the hair. It's it's usually a big flag for hairdressers that, that there's something going on to go get yourself checked with your doctor. But yeah, the exposure, the extra exposure to chemicals for hairdressers is is massive. And, and particularly for those endocrine disruptors, endocrine disruptors, if I can get my mouth on my words. <laughs> I know it's a mouthful, all of these <laughs> terms, but that's endocrine disruptors are huge and you just said why now when we're looking at our products like do you have an idea of what the actual ingredients are that are causing this like I know I talk a lot about different things but I am not a chemist or a scientist or a doctor but it's just things that I have read and researched um so from your point of view like what what are the ingredients that we really should like just stop using being around? There's, there's quite a lot. I haven't, I don't look into the specific ingredients. I don't have a list. I do use the EWG's app and their website. And I have an app as well called Yucca that I use. And I, yeah. 
and you can scan the product basically and it will flag each ingredient and tell you whether it's high risk low risk give you a rating of the pro product from poor to excellent so you can see what those ingredients are and you can see it basically what the issue is that they're flagging is it because you're likely to have a skin reaction to it maybe if it's a scent or an essential oil sometimes they can cause skin reactions um, or is it something that's going to disrupt your endocrine system is it something that's going to be carcinogenic um, because some of those products as well that are in our daily beauty products can also be carcinogenic it can increase things like thyroid cancer um, and things like that so it, it, we do really need to be careful and I would really recommend using those apps looking on the EWG website and looking at what you need to be avoiding and and yeah start to make those changes okay I love that you said that because again as hairdressers we're not scientists or doctors and like trying to list out the the ingredients or trying to know all the ingredients unless you are really into that it is yeah. very hard so i like you i use the ewg i've used um what was the name of the other one yuka y yuka yeah yuka, yuka. yeah okay yeah. um and then i use another one switch natural um, okay which is a great one again it is so easy. So for everyone listening, like if this is overwhelming and you just have no idea where to even start, right? There's your answer. Yeah. You don't have to and memorize a huge list. Yeah. Yes. You do not have to become a scientist just to know <laughs> what to use, what not to use. I use this in my day-to-day -day life, even because I have a teenage daughter, you know, and every teenage daughter, you know, like every teenager wants to go out to Sephora and um, what's the other one? Oh goodness, Ulta. And they want to buy makeup and they want to buy all of these things. And it, teenagers don't listen. They don't, you know, they don't believe that we're, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so what I actually did was I went through the store with her and we looked at, I scanned it and then I showed her, I'm like, okay, so this is, this is what's in that product. And then we picked other products that had less of the toxic ingredients. Yeah. And that was a really easy way. Like if it's easy for my teenager, every hairstylist and salon owner out there can utilize that. Um, and it's such a, a simple way, but an effective way because you can see what's in it. And then like, I know a few of them will actually take you to an entire article about like, okay, so what is this actually doing to you? So if you want to go further, like the information's right there. Yeah, completely. It's just so easy to use that yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to know like the ins and outs and the science of it at all. Um, actually, hair dye was one of the things that clued me into how bad the chemicals were. Um, I'd, I'd changed my diet and I'd seen huge improvements in my gut symptoms, in the insomnia. Uh, I was starting to get some of my energy back. And then probably about three months after I'd done this, I dyed my hair. And my symptoms came back with a vengeance. And it was the only thing that I'd changed. So I knew exactly what it was. And since then, I have not dyed. I haven't touched hair dye. I cleaned all my products up. I don't use nail polish um, or, or very, very rarely because of the, obviously, toxins and things like that as well. Changed my shampoos, my conditioners, um, my, my skincare routine, makeups, everything. Yeah, it, it really woke me up to how much of an impact the products I was using was having on how I was feeling.
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big, big red flag. And I will say too, like everybody who's listening, like we're in the beauty industry. So it is not the easiest and I hear you and I, I know what you're going through. Anybody who's listening, um, we're in the beauty industry. Like we cannot do our job and just say, okay, we're not going to color people's hair anymore. I get it. And there are products out there. There are more lines that are coming out that do have less, not a hundred percent because that's just not out there yet, but they have less of the really toxic ingredients in them. So there is something that you can do and still do your profession, still give the clients the exact look that they want um, without putting yourself in harm's way every single day. So it's taking and just like really starting to question every single item that you have in the salon. And is there a better product out there that has less of the chemicals, less of the toxins, and just gives you a better option to use in your salon. Because the fact is, is we can't just stop doing what we do. Like our entire career is built on color and this and that. Like, so I get it. What would you say like for us, like what could we do that, that just helps reduce the um, impact? Okay. So, so like you said, look for products that have less of those ingredients in and and that are more natural over here i've just in my local organic shop they have just released a hair dye that is a natural hair dye that has no chemicals in and i've never seen that before um it is a growing market more and more companies are realizing that it's a growing market that people want cleaner products they want products that aren't going to cause them health issues so they are slowly starting to make that change over there So your products is one thing you can look at. The other thing you can look at is how can you support your detoxification system so that you can get those toxins out of there. So your liver support is going to be a huge part of that. So making sure your diet is pretty good so that you're having a mainly a whole foods diet, getting lots of bright colored veggies in there and fruits, lots of greens, lots of bitter uh, kind of bitter greens in there lots of the anti-inflammatory ingredients such as your omega-3s from your fit oily fish um things like ginger turmeric garlic are all really supportive of that detoxification process and that inflammation pathway so you can look at it from that side if you are going to be exposed to those products you can reduce that exposure you can't stop it completely but supporting your system to deal with that things also like um dry brushing that can help get those toxins out what well, your liver will ha- start to push some of the toxins through your skin so mm-hmm. you can start to dry brush saunas are a great way of helping to get some of those toxins out of there as well so there are definite ways that you can improve how it impacts you and kind of basically the symptoms it ends up producing oh i love that you shared that because you know, like I just said, we, we can't completely stop it. And that's been a lot of the pushback that I get from stylists where they're like, what, what am I supposed to do? You know? Yeah. There are some products out there. Unfortunately, we don't have enough products to really like just totally switch everything over. And 
that too, like, come on, guys, that's the entire reason I am, I've devoted and like my passion is so big with salon owners, because the more we start demanding that we have options, demanding that companies start to reduce the toxins in their ingredients, that right there is going to be a huge key because when we start demanding it, they're not going to have a choice. And then there's going to be more and more companies out there because the demand is growing with consumers. Now we get to stand as leaders and start making those changes in the salon and showing that the demand is even greater than just the consumers um, so that we have some professional products that are cleaner, healthier for us because it's possible It just unfortunately isn't what's marketed and what's out there for us. So really looking at that is an option, like starting to change the way we do things. But then if we're going to be around it, take those protocols, start taking care of your health outside of it so that we can detox and get rid of the overload that we are exposed to. Yeah, completely. And also when we're looking at things like hair dyes at the moment, obviously that, that's not possible for most hairdressers to have a basic chemical-free hair dye. Mm-hmm. But there are shampoos out there. There are conditioners out there. The hand wash products that you use to wash your hands, all of those things, start with those. Start with those products first uh, because they seem to be the ones that have already made that change, that their ingredients are cleaner. So change the ones that you can. So mm-hmm. it lowers the load overall so that it's you're not hitting it with every single product that you're that you're using. Yes. And this is the compound effect that I talk about in my holistic academy. Going through like the holistic salon academy shows how to start s- switching those things over, everything from your cleaning products to the hand lotion, the every there are tons of companies that are professional brands that have reduced that for shampoo, conditioner, body wash, um, makeup. Makeup's another big one. We're using makeup every day. like So those things are easy to switch over. And that can be like where you start. The colors, the perms. The other option you have too is like in my salon, since we are a holistic clean salon, we do not do keratin treatments. I just refuse to breathe that in for me, my stylist, or my clients. And we don't do perms. So there's options there. Like if, you know, if maybe we can't switch over the color, here are some other options to help reduce and just get rid of those toxins because I just no longer offer them. Yeah. Yeah, my hairdresser um, stopped doing hair dyes because her health started to suffer massively. So it's one of the things that she took out of her. She realized that her business had enough clientele that didn't require hair dye, that she could take that out of her actual business uh, completely. So, yeah, she offers the cuts, the styling, the rest of it, but just not the hair dye. See, and that's, you know, also what I talk about with finding your mission and your vision. Like if that stylist couldn't do it because of her health. Now, if you're not dealing with that, like just figure out what's the most important to you, whether that is just getting rid of all the shampoos or the cleaning products, like take it one step at a time. Um, There are some color lines and we use a color line here where 
It is much cleaner and has helped people who have those allergies, um, who just had that toxic overload for certain toxins, right? So just research, what is it that's the most important to you so that you can start reducing that? Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. So then we've talked about the colors, we've talked about the toxins, like what other things would you suggest for us to really like take better care of ourselves as hairstylists behind the chair, you know, the struggle of it all. Like there's so much going on. What else can we do to really protect our endocrine? I can't even say that word now. (laughs) Endocrine system. Yes, that one. (laughs) So yeah, obviously we talked about diet for supporting the liver, making sure your gut health is good. If your gut health isn't good, that puts a huge strain on your liver. So again, that's going to be putting a bigger demand on there and slowing everything down so your overall health is really important so making sure you're exercising making sure to like moderately not excessively but making sure that you are getting good sleep so that your system can detox when your liver predominantly does that during the during the night hours that's when it's working it's hardest to get rid of those toxins and if you're not sleeping well it's struggling to do its job basically so working on sleep hygiene is going to be really important Working on stress management is a huge one. This is something that is often overlooked, but it is a it, it plays a huge role in your endocrine system. Your adrenals are part of your endocrine system. It is what produces your stress response. So if you've got a lot of stress going on, if you've got um, like bereavement, if you if you've moved jobs, moved houses, getting married or divorced, um, if you've separated separated from a relationship whatever's going on even those everyday stressors stresses where you are just on the go constantly because we never stop these days it's just constant this is all triggering that stress response and that is causing the release of cortisol from your adrenals from the adrenaline and this is increasing inflammation it's gonna it bas- basically it's going to burden your liver even further to deal with with that inf- inflammation process so you you can start to introduce things like stress management techniques, things like uh, breathing exercises, meditation, getting out in nature. If that's if kind of the breathing and the meditation aren't your, your thing, just get out for walks in nature, um, being mindful, being present with what you're doing and, and kind of doing one thing at a time. And we were talking about before we started recording with having like dozens of tabs open on your computer, your brain's like that. You've got all these tabs open, just trying to focus on what you're doing at that point and just being more mindful, taking time for yourself, something women are really, really bad at. We tend to be the bottom of the list. We tend to look after like our partners, our kids, and we come at the end of that list. So we don't take that time for ourselves to switch that stress response off. And that's going to have a huge impact on how your endocrine system functions. And taking some of that away, taking some of that stress away can help, again, that load that we talked about with the chemicals. So you can't take all those chemicals away, but how can we support the endocrine system in other ways? Stress is a major one of them. Well, and like you said, that women don't take care of ourselves. Hairstylists are known to not take care of themselves because we are very empathetic. We're service-based. Most of us are like heart-based. We love to take care of our guests, our, our clients. So we end up fitting in people when we know we shouldn't. We end up working really long hours. And I mean, 
you look on, it's like a running joke that we don't eat. We're drinking like four or five venti Starbucks coffees as our meals throughout the day and like eating food over, you know, mixing a color bowl. It's funny, haha, for memes. But the fact is, that is what has been actually happening in the industry. Like that is a known toxic behavior that we're doing. So again, I I teach in the academy, like how to structure your day. So you have time, like it's a no-go for me. I have time in my day to sit down and eat my lunch like a normal human being. And my clients don't suffer for it. My wallet does not suffer for it because I'm taking better care of myself. I don't work with three and four clients at the same time. Like, come on. I mean, I know that we we need to make money, but there are ways to bring in that profit without just working more hours, eating less, not taking care of ourselves. And the easiest thing you can do, water. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hydration it, completely. Yeah. It literally sits when I'm with my clients. I don't care. It's on my styling station and I'm taking sips throughout the day because coffee is not going to sustain you. It's, I mean, I have my cup. I love my coffee. I have my cup of coffee in the morning and then I go about my day and I don't drink Starbucks all throughout the day to give me energy because I'm hydrating myself. And so there's simple, simple steps of like, just have water by you while you're styling hair all day. Yeah. Taking a lunch break and have it a non-negotiable. My lunch break doesn't, it doesn't mean that I have to like have an hour. I, I take 20, 30 minutes, even while my client is processing. They have to sit there for 30 minutes. They can't move. We're good. I go and I sit and I eat my lunch and I take time to sit and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for meditation, breathing, getting out into nature. Um, Those things I do on a daily basis, because even if it's only two minutes, it makes or breaks my day. Yeah, completely. And the thing you were saying about the coffee and the lunch breaks, this is something I work with a lot with my clients is the coffee stimulates your adrenals. It stimulates that stress response, which I was just talking about. So we want to calm that down. Um, so less coffee, more water is going to help you. And if you're, if you're saying that I can't get through the day without my coffee, then you probably need the, to cut it out the most. You need to kind of get that water in there the most because you're living on, on that stress response and the same with the eating, um, taking your time for, for your meals, your system needs to produce enzymes. It needs to produce uh, stomach acid in order for you to break your food down. If you are bolting your food down, stood over like the hair dye whilst you're waiting for it, then you're not releasing those digestive enzymes. You're not releasing that stomach acid in the quantities that is needed. You're going to have gut issues. It's going to impact your liver and it's going to impact that detoxification pathway. Yeah, I very much like as you're talking, it looks, I envision a cycle right? It's this circular cycle that we just keep doing these things over and over again. And if we're not breaking that cycle somewhere, it is going to lead us, whether it's now, five years, 10 years from now, where we just can't function. And I mean, seriously, like I have friends, I know so many hairstylists who had to quit their profession 
because they just simply couldn't handle the toxic overload, the stress, the, the amount of hours that we put, you know, stress on our bodies too. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like there is a way to have a super thriving, successful business and not, you know, take away from our health at the same time. Yeah, you do not want to wait till you're in that position where your health is so bad that you can barely function. I I left it to that point. I didn't know what I should have been doing. I didn't know what was triggering those autoimmune things. One funny, you talk about the chemicals with hairdressing. I was a scientist and I worked with a lot of chemicals, um, and that was what uh, coincided with when a lot of my symptoms started as well. So it's that exposure again, Um, Mm -hmm. and and talking about what what causes that autoimmune process to turn on some of it is genetics but what turns it on because you can have the genes that kind of say that you may be more likely to develop Hashimoto's but what turns it on what and it is quite often things like chemicals it is so certain jobs are obviously worse um it is like I said infections trauma things like that so it's it's um it's a combination of things it's not usually one thing that triggers the whole autoimmune thing and that taxing of your endocrine system and your immune system, your liver, they're all, none of your systems work in isolation. Everything works in conjunction with each other. So if one area isn't working as it should do, it's going to impact the rest of your system. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're already genetically like predisposed to having that. Um, And when, so I have two kids, my, my son is now 18. Just last week, he turned 18. And my daughter is um, 15 and a half. Because I had vitiligo from young, I, I mean, for a long time, I really worried about them getting vitiligo. Like it was an excruciating issue to have as a younger kid, losing my pigment, being very spotty. Like now everybody sees me and they're like, oh, you have this beautiful like porcelain skin that's all my vitiligo. I I barely have any of my actual pigment left. So you don't see a whole lot of that. And I, I've, I protect myself. And now like, even if I am in the sun, I'm very protected. So it's not like my natural color shows through very much because I don't get tan, (laughs) but I was worried about my kids having to go through that. And then like, they're fine. They have it. I mean, that could still happen because it can, I I know people who didn't even start to have symptoms of vitiligo until they were 40, 50, whatever. Right. So it can come at any time. And I wondered about that because my son, when he was 16, he's top athlete. He's, you know, very healthy kid. Like we cut out a lot of toxins, not everything. We are human and we live in a very fast paced lifestyle, um, with kids and, you know, going everywhere, but we had a lot of those toxins like cleaned up and things like that. But with having an autoimmune, you know, and that maybe he's predisposed to that, he ended up at 16 being diagnosed with hypothyroidism. And then they diagnosed him with Hashimoto's and it was by a fluke. I mean, we went to an urgent care And, um, he was having like this, these attacks where he was dizzy. He couldn't sit still. I mean, like literally sitting there and he was just not responsive. It was so scary. So they went and checked his brain, his heart, 
And the lady at the urgent care was like, you know, I'm going to check his thyroid. First off, that threw me way off because typically we see thyroidism and Hashimoto's in women. Yeah. And an older, like not so young. Am I right? Yeah. It, but it's getting to be diagnosed younger and younger now. Yeah. So, so she took me by surprise. Like I didn't expect that. So I was like, yeah, I've test him. So I didn't even think. And then next thing you know, they're like, yeah, he has um, hyperthyroidism. And then the symptoms got a little worse and he, they tested his, you said antibodies. Is that yes. how the Hashimoto's? Okay. Yeah. So all of that, like it was, it was so wild and seeing my poor son, I mean, it was a very traumatic time for us. He would be sitting in school at his desk, get really dizzy to where he would not be able to stand up and walk out. The I was in and out of the school constantly because they would call me and they would wheel my 16-year-old son out in a wheelchair because he couldn't stand on his own. Um, super traumatic. <laughs> like yeah. we've had a lot to, you know, deal as, as a mother, like I don't know what to do and how to help him. Um, but one of the things that we really started looking into was, I mean, he got on some medication, but also diet and his yeah. exercise. And he's always been really healthy. So we cut out a lot of stuff and he went very, very, very minimal on his diet and sleep. He started actually sleeping on a regular schedule and really like taking that time to just slow down the stressors. And yeah. now thank goodness he is better and he's able to function like he's a bodybuilder. He's in college, like he's fine now and he's learned how to manage it, manage it. But he does have certain times where it flares up. And one of the big things is sleep. Like there's yeah. been a few nights where he just didn't get the sleep. And next thing you know, he's, he's all over the place and he doesn't feel well. Yeah. Like the slightest thing can trigger it if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, and like you say, probably at the ages it is as well, it's, it's, it's harder to manage it. I think at that age than it is as you get older, when you, when you want him to be on the go all the time. Um, I certainly was, was that way. And I really yeah. wouldn't wish it on anyone else. I think people associate hypothyroidism with um, weight gain and fatigue and they don't realize how debilitating it can actually be if it is not controlled. And the fact that if the cause is Hashimoto's, the medication doesn't address the what is causing the problem. The medication replaces the hormones that aren't being made, but it doesn't stop that autoimmune attack. It doesn't calm that side of it down which is what i've managed to do with my diet with my lifestyle changes is to calm that autoimmune attack so it's not constantly doing that because i was the same just like constantly flaring up with symptoms and my, around my cycle would be one of those things that would i'd always feel worse at that that time of the month um there'd be other times that it would also trigger it and i wouldn't be able to explain what it was but i really don't have that so much now since changing my diet and my lifestyle removing some of those toxins getting that stress under control. That was a big one for me. I was very stressy. Um, and I've had to really work on that side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And it is this whole combination because like I said, I mean, in my household, we had reduced like there, you weren't going to find hand soap and shampoo and stuff like that, even from when my kids were little. Um, so they got used to that, but 
the food. And, you know, as kids, they don't want to listen. And there's just, you go to a party, you can't control everything. Um, But the sleep, and I'm, I'm terrible about my sleep. Like I go to bed late. I, you know, we have to wake up early. Like if I had my perfect day, it would be, I go to bed around like 12 or one and I don't wake up until nine or 10. But when you go to bed at 12 or one, and then you have to wake up at six, that's when you start getting into some deep trouble. (laughs) Yeah. I've always been the same being a night owl. Mm-hmm. And it really does not do a great deal for your health. Um, I, I've structured my business so that it w- suits me with my my sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. I am trying to break that and get to bed at a reasonable time now. But I also know that I I never feel the best in the morning. It's not my, it's not my best time. So that time in the morning is my time. It's when I do my meditation. It's when I do my exercise. Um, I just take my time. And now my business is structured that I work from kind of midday through till like the evening, because obviously a lot of clients um, want that they're working, so they can't always see you during the day. So it works to have those evening slots available. Obviously, with some businesses that doesn't work, it's structured hours. But for me, I've been able to make my business work for me on that side of things with my health. Well, and saying that, like, most of us, uh, especially salon owners, or if you are a suite owner, like you have more control over your day. Some hairstylists may not have control, but that's a big thing. Like learning, when do you actually, like, what is your cycle? You do not have to work as a hairstylist. That's one of the beautiful things that we get to do is we don't have to be here nine to five or eight to five or whatever. We can structure our day. So if you do better in the evening, or maybe you're a super early morning person. There's people out there who would love to get their hair done at 6 a.m. Oh yeah, there's always a market. (laughs) Yes, I would not be one of those people. You do not (laughs) want me doing your hair and you do not want me even as a client at 6 (laughs) a.m. Because I'm like you, where I, I just don't do well in the mornings. So I don't worry about it. And I structure my day later on The only time, like I have to get up at six because my daughter's still in school. So once I don't have to worry about that, then that makes it life a lot easier. (laughs) Completely. Yeah, I've I've found it's not the quantity of sleep that is important. It's the quality. If I sleep from 12 to eight, um, I get up and I feel much better. If I sleep from two till 10, I feel horrendous because the quality of that sleep isn't the same. Your systems on that cycle of kind of when it's like detoxing, when it's doing certain things, it expects you to be sleeping at certain points. And I've just found that quality changes. It, the later I go to bed, the, the less quality sleep I get. Yeah. And the more the more sleep I want. I have the aura ring. Have you heard of that? I it's, No, it's not something I've come across. Okay. So the aura ring tracks my sleep. And it tracks like my activity and those types of things. It's been amazing because it actually gives me a window of when I need to be in bed for my system, right? So it's not just a generic for everyone. So this has been a huge game changer for me to be able to see when I sleep the best. Because like you said, if I go to bed later, yeah, maybe I got the full eight hours of sleep. But it tells me that I didn't like I may not be fully recovered. Right. I didn't sleep well. And then when I do like change the times. So like if you're struggling with sleep, there are things out there that will help you find your perfect rhythm because not everybody's the same. 
Yeah, I have an app on my phone and I have also, I don't sleep with my watch. I find it uncomfortable, but the watch yeah. tracks it as well. But the app, yeah. I have my phone inside my bed for my alarm. I put the um, app on and it monitors the sleep. Yep. Yeah. I, I couldn't do the watch either. That's why I got the aura ring because I just loved, it's very easy to wear. Like I can wear it overnight and it doesn't bother me. Yeah. So there's, there's so many options out there, right? Cause yeah. my son actually has the whoop and he sleeps with that. And that helped him track his, how he was feeling, how his heart rate was and all of that. So there's ways to track it. So you can see what's going to be the best for you. If you're really struggling with these things, or even if you're not, and you just want to like maximize your sleep and what you're doing during the day, get one of these tools. It's a game changer. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I I could talk forever. Like (laughs) I just love these topics. So to wrap up, like tell us, um, what, where can we find you first? Okay, so I have a website. It is helenmalaburn.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. And again, that is Instagram slash Helen Malaburn. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group specifically for those with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism that are wanting to change their diet and lifestyle. And that is uh, Hashimoto's Nutrition and Health. Um, where else am I? I'm also on Pinterest as well, Hashimoto's Recovery Specialist. Um, yeah. There's a few places you can find me. We'll have all of those linked in the show notes. So make sure you click the show notes and go find Helen and follow her. Um, And then just to wrap up, like, do you have any other tips or anything else that you wanted to say? Um, I think we've covered a fair amount of it. Um, We were talking about the uh, weight gain as part of like the endocrine issues and the cycle things, the stress uh, response. I have a balancing blood sugar uh, free challenge that is coming up next month on the 11th of September. And that is going to help basically you deal with stress can dysregulate that blood sugar balance as well as what you eat. So we're going to be talking about that in order to improve your symptoms with thyroid conditions, endocrine uh, disorders. So if anybody's interested in that, then yeah, get in touch. Yeah, well, we'll have the link. If you give me the link, we'll put it in the show notes too. Why not have that all right there so that you can find her easy. Make sure you follow Helen. Make sure you take a look. And like, if nothing else that you get from this episode, just awareness, like just being aware of what is possible is such a big thing. So take one or two things that you learned from this episode and start putting them into action and you'll see a big improvement. And then you can start adding more. Like don't try to do everything we talked about overnight or all in one go. It's, I mean, we, we both have been on these journeys for a long time and it is a journey, right? So just take one or two things that really just popped out to you, resonated with you, start making those changes, and then let us know how you're feeling. Let us know, keep us updated. Like I'm a real human on the other end of my Instagram. I love hearing, um, you know, progress and what people are doing. Like, is it making a difference? And I'm sure Helen would love to hear that from you too. Completely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been so eye-opening and I just love that we get a chance to like bring this awareness and this this change to the industry. So need it. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed talking with you.
All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Make sure you hit the show notes and subscribe, like, follow me for more information just like this. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Salon Owner's Holistic Blueprint. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. Until next time, stay inspired, stay passionate, and keep thriving in the world of holistic beauty.